Welcome to the Digital Report Podcast, where you discover how to connect, influence, and inspire in the digital age. Welcome everybody to another Digital Report podcast and on today's episode we're going to be talking about how to stay focused in a digital noisy world and on today's panel we have in the red corner Marilyn Devnish, international speaker, author and neuro success coach. In the yellow corner we have Sifu Lakloy, JKD trainer, author and true white collar warrior and in the blue corner we have business mentor Suki Wahiwala, international speaker and human behavior expert. So guys, welcome and thank you very much for joining me again. I'm so looking forward to having this conversation with you guys. So this has come about with all the digital noise, everything that's going on in the social media world. Because we're locked down, we're probably mostly on our computers and there's just bombardment of information, noise, distractions. And I wanted to help put a message out there and share with the viewers or listeners on how they can get uh, stay focused on achievement rather than distraction. So just to open up to the floor, you know, what's um, let's, let's talk about social media. Let's talk about social media distractions. Like, what are you guys doing to keep yourself focused in regards to social media? Who wants Look, to jump in I first? I feel I need to come in first with full disclosure. This week, on three different occasions, because there were crossovers, I was on a live Zoom call and I was also co-moderating Clubhouse Rooms. So I was watching the Zoom and listening and I had my earpiece in my ear um, and I was then plugged into the clubhouse room. And weirdly, I was able to do both of those things simultaneously. So I was taking part in the Zoom and giving my comments and, okay, what about this? And can we have clarity on that? And then the next second, I was like, okay, so we're just going to do a room reset just to remind you or one microphone only. And I've had to do that three times this week. So in terms of focus, that sounds like a really weird thing. But I know and it's going to and maybe it's because of all the photo reading, left brain, right brain integration. But I really was focused on both meetings at the same time because I could hear exactly what was going on. And I can tell you about the Zoom call and I can tell you exactly about the clubhouse. So that's almost the antithesis of what you're talking about here today. One of the things I've noticed about like you guys, for example, like exactly what you just said there, Marilyn, I've seen your expertise in that and how you are actually able to manage multiple things in a busy and kind of environment and i've seen how suki is able to be laser focused on things Uh, and i've seen the same with lax as well in regards to um if he says something he's just going to get done and and i think these are fabulous skills right like how do you guys do that like how do you manage to stay focused on what needs to be done i think that's the main main thing isn't it as opposed to being distracted and being pulled to different things without that focus and intention isn't it go for it lax all right, let me. I'll, I'll jump in next. Um, for, so for me, I think the the key thing is really um, in the martial arts. There's this um, uh, phrase that says, "Where your yi goes, your chi flows," and uh, it, that'll expand. So yi is intention, and chi is energy, right? And uh, really, the key thing is um, uh, to have a directed focus. And channel your energy into the area that is of interest, the area that you want to expand, uh, and preferably with a high positive intention. Um, so intention is the next real step, right, is um, what is intention? So you can have a positive intention around what you're trying to achieve or uh, attain, uh, and you could also have a negative intention. So it's really important that you, you are very clear 
on the nature of your intention. So I always say, have a high positive intention always. And um, therefore, and consciously as well. And that will ensure that what's going to expand is going to be um, uh, aligned uh, in that way for you. Mm. So, Suki, we're all looking at you. All right, I was just waiting for the moderator to cut in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can go on, but I, I thought I'll give other people a chance as well. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's wonderful. Both of you have uh, outlined something that's very, very deep. I, I suppose in my, my world, I think most of us have got a challenge uh, in a humble way with what we, what we classify as um, the conscious brain and the unconscious brain. And then the third element, which we would contemplate, which is the, you could say basically the, the spirit or the universe, whichever way one wants to say, connecting to the divine. Um, the reality in my world, because don't forget, I'm only talking about my own journey. And by no means do I mean that I am right uh, in anybody's context, but in my world, it seems to be working for me. Um, and I think on many occasions, Marilyn and both Lax, we've been having long conversations around this over the years. Um, and some of it actually came up in our program, didn't it, Marilyn, when we sat there speaking about it within the Millionaire Mentor Day uh, program that we co-created. Uh, uh, now, the principle is, in my opinion, is that when we get fuzzy, um, when we get distracted, those distractions are by our, our choice as well. So that means if we put something down and we... I'm just going to give the, the lower hanging fruit. If you don't mind, I'll take a bit of time. But um, if I walk into a room and I find a bit of rubbish in the corner and I do nothing about it, the fact that my body and my mind has clocked it consciously, it will still stay there. It's like having a little little pin or a nail in your heel. Ouch. Uh, and you're walking. So every now and again, it's like that leg's okay, but that one goes, ouch, ouch. And you may be trying to ignore it. And temporarily, it does get ignored, what we call non-confrontal. But it ends up being something that actually, no matter what happens, it still irritates you. So it distracts you from your current process. And I believe it's a layered game, a bit like an onion. It's not something that you're going to wake up one morning and become superhuman, both like Lax and uh, Marilyn and yourself there, JT. But it's going to take time, but again with consciousness, with intent to remove these layers of distractions, such as <clears throat> I am also living in this current world. And I do have WhatsApp and I do have Telegram and I do have Signal now as well, all three of them for crying out And to addition to that, I do have Facebook and I do have all the rest of the mediums, so, you know, Instagram and, and so forth, without naming them all. And we're also creating content on YouTube. Does that mean that I am not impervious to any of those things? And I don't get affected by that? The answer is I'm sure I do, but I do it on my terms. So in my world, we have an understanding very simple and saying there is time for everything in life. You remember, Marilyn, we sat down and I said this and you went, say that again. And you wrote it down for me, which actually pulled, the, pulled the, the, the quote out. There's time for everything in life because everything has a time. Now, whether we look at that as a practical context, because if we just look at practical usage every single day, if you set a time to do something, the likelihood of you actually trying to get it done at that time is increased. And if you now think about it, if I said I would like to access social media, I set myself a band time between 5.30 and 6.30. And you'll see or most of my posts across the globe, if they're for me, by the way, are posted between those times. And they're not random during the day. If on the same token, if I said to you that I don't even pick my phone up before nine o'clock in the morning, and that's painful, I'm sure, for some people, but for me, there's a routine for it. There's a time and a place for it all. So if that means I can give that time to myself and many other things that I do, most of my days finish by 10 o'clock in the morning, 
in the afternoon or in the 10 o'clock plus, I can then dedicate that to other projects another time. So I set the time. So that's the time structure, the conscious, what Marilyn was talking about, the left brain. And then on the right brain context, which we're talking about creativity, but I call that also the connected to the divine, you're not really going to, I suppose, pick your agenda. You're not going to, be able to say, I want to do this by this time, if it's not in your destiny. I believe anyway. So if it's in the journey, it's going to happen at the time it was going to happen. And it'll only happen when the universe converges and says, hey, it's now time. And you'll notice these sort of things that you you put an intention out and you forget about it. And all of a sudden it just turns up at the right time in your life. Well, this is what I'm talking about. There's time for everything in life because everything has a time. And that also means I had time to start. Now, there are some practical evidences of this as well. So when later, I think we'll talk about the actual seven step program that I've written. So I hope that helps as well. So does that does that mean or how for anybody thinking then about how does that mean we're making the time for the distractions and that's why they're they're they're, they're happening? I I believe so. Uh, thank you for asking me that question. Um, the answer is yes, I do believe so. I believe we make time for it because there's a certain element of you know in life what happens is the more we get run with multiple things to get done, multitasking, getting things done. Marilyn was saying she was doing left and right brain together, but she was also still doing one of them at a time, mm. whichever it was. It just happens that she's mastered the flip, with the, 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 the flinch between the two. So she can go from one, pick it up from over there and go back there and go back there. Quicker than most people, that's a practiced process. It's not something that you just, you know, it just happens. And uh, where I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is we can only consciously do one thing. That one thing can be two things converged as one, but it's still just the one thing that you're focusing on. So in, in context of this, that if we set the distractions, and we're going to be a bit uh, squeamish here, I suppose. I think when an individual, thus, if I look at myself, if I am in need of being noticed or being recognized or adorational love from another person, that old adage of am I being loved, then I will create distractions to myself to make sure that I'm consciously connecting with myself. Mm-hmm. So it could be something like, oh, I, I fancy a coffee. And then I'm just sitting there with a cup of coffee as I am. And I'm sitting there thinking that's a bit of self-adoration, self-love etc. And I might be ignoring myself elsewhere in life. So this may, this action may increase, it might become an anchor of happiness of comfort. So I'll pick up the pick up the coffee every time I require to sort of like connect with myself. So I make these rhythms up myself. So they're the distractions I believe that we put in ourselves. Um, I'll leave it to the clever people now. Yeah, no, that's like, that's, that's fantastic. Because you, you spoke about uh, the, the mastery side of things, right? And uh, um, how, uh, like, that's what I told you, Marilyn's like the Bruce Lee of, of personal development, world, right? She's, she's mastered these like segmented ways. I mean, Marilyn, what's your, um, uh, like, what are your tips in, in how you've, how you've done that? Because now, obviously, you've, got, you've created what Lax and I would call economy emotion in the way you do these things, right? Um, how, how, what tips can you share about how you're actually able to kind of, segment these focused times if that makes sense and that's a really brilliant word segment and I'm going to come back to that in a second but that's how Lack and I first met and how we came to do those martial mind power days together where I came in and talked about photo reading and overlaid it directly on top of the Bruce Lee approach because Lack was talking about intention in photo reading we call it purpose in my daily life, I call it intention, but it all starts with that. And, and Suki picked up on that as well. So now I'm deciding in terms of the segment, which is in front of me, and I've been calling it that for the last 20 years, I call it segment intending. 
And anyone who's, let's say, listened to Esther Hicks, you'll notice she kind of has the same thing as well. But for me, I'm like, okay, with regards to the next segment, now that might be something I'm about to read, a meeting I'm going to attend, a phone call, a Zoom call. I have a clear sense of purpose or intention. And so when I'm on the, the Zoom call and moderating the clubhouse room at exactly the same time, my intention and purpose was exactly the same. To be present for the meeting and the room, be able to contribute in a way that adds value and to be able to hear what is relevant to me. And so there'll be pieces of that that I didn't really have to pay attention to. So I, it almost goes like blah, 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 past your ear. But then something, somebody says something and that part of your brain wakes up, the RAS, for those of you who've done NLP, reticular activating system. And now that's going to get even more of my focus. But in terms of, and what Suki was saying, even though if, if somebody watches me even or list, look, looks at my schedule where like, well, yeah, I'm doing a Facebook live and then I'm doing an interview and then I'm running a webinar and then I'm doing this. And then it seems like it's all happening at exactly the same time. But I say, even if they come 60 seconds after each other, there's still a segment. There's a segment where I'm doing this and then I'm going to flip to the next segment where I'm doing that. And then I flip to the next segment. So somebody watching, it seems like one continuous stream of activity. But I still know that there's a there's a little break point where I switch from one to the other because some things require you to use your brain in a different way. And in terms of how that switch happens, if I was going to sum it up in a word, it's the photo reading stuff and everything to do with the accelerated learning, which is about learning how to use your mind and your brain more effectively um, and having it work with you rather than against you and of course and I was talking weirdly I was talking about it yesterday so they're still on my desk because I was talking about this thing called the paraliminal this is a tape cassette some of you watching might be too young to know what this is of course (laughs) it's now a cd as well but the paraliminal the process of that is you have one story in the left ear a completely different story simultaneously in the right ear and then there's some holosync technology that sits in the middle and I've been using paraliminals for over 20 years as well so that's probably also helps to attune and if I went back even further I was an audio typist and when you're an audio typist you have the the thing in your ear your boss is dictating the letter and you're sat at your typewriter typing and you're using a foot pedal. So I think all of these things over the years, it's almost like I was being slowly trained in these various aspects. So that for me is one of the ways that I do it. Wow. Do you know what I'm getting from you guys is this, this sense of like control and mastery over your thoughts and how you do this and, and your time as well, right? So talk, talking a bit about that, because I'll take I'll ask Laksa on this question because what you guys are describing is martial mind power, right? It's, it's controlling elements of your time, your thoughts and where you're putting it and the focus behind that. So Laksa, do you want to share a bit about that? Because I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. So so I think, um, I think what we're talking about is, for example, if you're doing any kind of cultivation, so martial arts, you've got the physical cultivation, body, You've got the mental cultivation in the mind and you get the spiritual cultivation, you know, with the higher alignment. Now, let's just say you're cultivating the body first, right? And um, anybody that's ever done any kind of physical training will know that if you train too hard, too long, you're going to be prone to injury and you'll end up getting an injury and you'll be on the bench. Okay. In other words, you won't be able to train and, um, you know, you'll feel worse as a consequence of that. And you won't be able to progress because you've got an injury and therefore you're what, what, what's called, you'll get a negative return in the end. So 
the key thing is, and what people uh, within the fitness industry and people that work out regularly, whether they're in sports or uh, in the gym or whatever kind of uh, physical activity they're doing to help improve their physicality, is rest is equally as important as mm. actual training. Right. That's first thing. So one of the things that we're talking about here is, you know, how to stay focused in the digital noisy world. Well, actually, some of that noise is welcomed as part of rest and entertainment. And this is what Suki was talking about is scheduled, structured, organized entertainment, essentially. Right. Mm. Because you get to switch off and potentially, you know, have a laugh. Right. Um, The other part of it is your work part of it. Right. So you need to work to develop, to cultivate, to grow, to share, to contribute, to get the love and the connection and so on. So as part of that process, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Now, it's very difficult for you to, for most people to stay in that space, which is that space where they're dedicated to their work. And this is mainly because I would say is people are not aligned with their higher purpose. Now, when you're not aligned with your higher purpose, the chances are you hate what you do and if you hate what you do you're not you're gonna look for more distractions and if you're gonna look more distractions you get then consumed in this noisy digital world or all physical world depending on uh what your preference is but in this for this um uh, podcast you know we're talking about the digital world um and therefore you know you, you could suffer mental health issues as a consequence of that and, you know, that can manifest itself in many different ways. And one of the, one of the uh, points uh, that JT's raised is uh, fear of missing out. Mm. Okay. And um, so while, how can you spin that around? I think that's really important, right? So if you're going to use that martial mind power, use that martial mindset to say, all right, let's apply this to daily life. Um, the opposite of fear of missing out is, um, is the joy of missing out. Okay. Uh, so you, there's a new, the new acronym JOMO, right? So, how do you do that? And I think really the, the key, um, the secret to that is um, to align your intention. This is why I started with where your ye goes, your she goes, and that expands, is align your intention to your true, authentic, high self. And I still even touched on that as well. And uh, he started mentioning that. Um, and that was part of the, you know, the organized structure around uh, the thing that's serving you and the, th- and the thing that's kind of allowing you to kind of switch off, uh, a thing that's serving others and thing that's serving you uh, as part of your rest and relaxation. Uh, so what's your true authentic higher self? Uh, and Marilyn mentioned it as well. And uh, so I, I'm a firm believer that your sole purpose, as in your only purpose, your sole purpose is to discover your sole purpose, right? <laughs> right? So your soul as in your soul, okay? Now, when you really know and discover the reason you put on this planet and what it is that you were born to do, then you end up in a state of, uh, first of all, glow, right? You are going to shine bright because you're in your element. You end up in a state of flow because everything's going to be fluid. And then there's a, you know, there's, there's a massive misunderstanding in society where people, I think, are misled by, you know, follow your passions. If you follow your passions, you're going to be happy. Um, you know, everything's about pursuit of happiness. But actually, I've got to say, and I'm going to use the word, it's bollocks. And the reason for that is, is because sometimes in discovering your true, authentic, high self, right, your true soul's purpose is not an easy path. And I can guarantee you it's not an easy path for anyone. Everybody 
will suffer along that way because that's part of your calling. That's part of your revealing process. So he talked about your onion, right? And revealing those layers, right? There's going to be suffering. So happiness is not your end goal, right? Happiness is a state. You can listen to a happy song and it'll make you happy. You can listen to a sad, depressing song and it'll make you sad. It's just a state. You can switch it on and off. It's not about happiness. Secondly, it's not about passion. Passion, passion is, um, is uh, you can get caught up in something. You know, you could be passionate about things that are not serving you, things that are not serving other people. So it's not about passion. Purpose is something totally different. Mm. Purpose is why are you here? Now, when you align yourself to that and you discover your gift, then there's something simple that happens. You've got an obligation to give it away. And then when you give it away, everything is aligned. And all the time that you structure, organize for servitude, and for self-service and self-love, as Suki said, right, will keep you glowing bright, will keep you resonating, will keep you vibrating on a high state of consciousness, and it will help you enlighten other people's lives. And I think ultimately, when I make a decision, as in, you know, where do I want to spend my time? I'm asking myself every single time, is this aligned to my true authentic high self? Mm. And if, if the answer to that is no, then I won't do it. And if I'm, if I'm looking for an organized distraction and structure that into my day, because I want to rest, I want to relax, I want to have a laugh, I want an instant vacation through laughter, then I'll do that. Um, and um, I've done a massive social detox because being consumed in social media is quite easy. Um, and there is that whole addiction that comes with it. Absolutely. Um, can, can we can we tap into that side of things? Like, if that's okay, yeah. Because what what you're sharing is is fantastic in the sense of the self discipline side of stuff, right? But then you got the flip side of it because you got the social media platforms that are yeah. designing and creating algorithms to keep you addicted and on the systems and platforms, right? Um, and that is their job in a way to kind of keep you distracted. So let's let's talk a bit about that side of things as well. Um, I think you were alluding to that, uh, you know. Um, anyway, so do you want to just carry on from there, and then we'll go to Suki, and then we'll. Go to Marilyn after that I think I think actually your best position to answer this question <laughs> so like why, don't you, why don't you as a digital rapport specialist <laughs> give us some insights into how that works <laughs> yeah sure no problem so so from my understanding right so uh, we, we're getting to a stage now well we have been there for a while where there's this element of man versus machine, right? Or woman mean, mean, mean machine. This is this element of um, how technology and humans are interacting um, so, so much more closely. And and because we're going into the whole kind of big data element of things, um, there's so much data available which allows for smart computing to take place. And they, um, all these big companies are basically looking at this data, they're putting it together and linking it with human behavior to basically influence people into potentially doing things right in the sense that if it's a social media platform they want to keep you on their platform for as long as possible because the longer you spend on their platforms the more ad revenues they can put out there the more money they can make the more it increases their kind of internal uh, value right so um what's clever about it is that you know the human brain is being studied, the, the emotions are being studied, the chemicals that come out of the human brain are being studied. And there's a link there between how you can use technology to influence those behaviors and chemicals within the brain in order to, yeah, literally influence people to do things. And that's basically from what my understanding is going on. And, and I wanted to get your guys insights because of the human behavior element of it as well, as well as the psychology side of things, right? <laughs> Back to you guys. 
<laughs> Suki. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just share something quickly because uh, I, I'm have to take a five second break uh, in a mo. But um, with reference to in specific about the distraction period and the, the time frame, and as we know, with reference to the London School of Psychology, whether it's Harvard, whether it's anybody across the globe, they've all realised and identified the fact that there is a around a three to fifteen minute cycle or a three minute distraction cycle. Now that distraction cycle, much the same as an exercising of your body, as in the brain being a muscle, which is what I think in specific, um, I'd say um, Marilyn and Lack and yourself, Jatinda, have all been alluding to, is the fact that you can train this in and train it bigger as you have trained it down. Does that make sense? Because as a child, you're not born with a three-minute distraction process. It's, it's longer because you can. it's on base of interest. So if it's important, it just carries on coming in. They'll listen. And once they're distracted with food, the three cores, you know, water, food and poop, they'll be gone. Otherwise, the distraction, they'll be off, off on their way. Now, the principal conversation here is, or let's just assume in the current evidence that, are, that is in the open world today, that uh, it's a three-minute cycle. If unchecked, it's around a three-minute cycle. Now, you'll notice that after a three-minute cycle of distraction, now I'll call this the infinite loop of distraction, we're talking about an individual. You'll notice yourself, even when we're concentrating on this conversation, Around three minutes, thereabouts, we'll start thinking about what will I say, uh, what's written in the chats, um, you know, what everybody else is doing, mm, that connects to this. So we're kind of already assimilating our world based upon a three-minute cycle of a distraction. Now, the distraction doesn't have to be something that takes you off the current topic. It can also be maneuvered and maintained. I'll use the word maintained because you can you can, tra- you can channel this to be your benefit. For example, and I'm just giving an example, when Marilyn said that she was doing two things parallel with each other, the distraction actually serves her. She can actually jump from, using her words, segment to segment, because she could get so engrossed in one content, context, that she may forget the other one. So the distraction in her case would be a trigger to say, pay attention to the other one as well. So we call it a three-minute cycle of change. So the infinite loop is like this. If you have, if you've got yourself, and by the way, every, if, if you can imagine every three minutes, there's a distraction and then there's another distraction and then there's another distraction. So if you can imagine, if you're distracting yourself, trying to get back onto, it takes about 15 minutes and give or take 15 to 21 minutes, depends which school you follow, to get yourself back in that same focus. So if I give you an example of an Excel, if you're in the middle of doing an Excel, all of a sudden you get distracted with what's outside, you've kind of forgotten the exact sequence you're at. It might take you 10, 15 minutes to get back into the flow by reading some of the previous information. So the point I'm trying to say is that if you have distraction at three minutes and around 15 minutes to get back into the cycle of the exact point, can you imagine, here you are, you're on your three minute cycle, tick, 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 you've got distracted. Now you're on a different clock that's taking you 15 minutes to get back into the original place of lack of distraction, for example. What would happen if you get distracted in that loop mm-hmm. of trying to get yourself back into focus and then what would happen if you get yourself looped again again and again and again and uh, this is the vortex we're talking about with time where you get addicted in essence to things such as social media you start something and the next thing you know half of the day has gone past you think oh crap i was supposed to be on a call at 12 o'clock etc etc and so these are the vortexes we're talking about but can i just one last thing before i carry on and uh, i'll give you guys all the go because everyone's eager to go through all this in principle if you can imagine that you're constantly in this distractive loop if you are not aware of it. Could you stretch it? Could you actually increase your center of focus? Could it be 
I'm on, which is what you were talking about a moment, this element of being present in the moment and being actually accurate, giving yourself the best chance to get something done. The answer is yes. It's an absolute, you learn the distraction, you learn it out as well. And it is aligned with the higher self, as Lack was saying, in very, very simple terms of what is your purpose, mission, etc., on this planet. But those sort of things come as a very, uh, very deep spiritual awareness. So if the audience is there, then that's great. But if they're not, then I suppose we could take some, take some practical tools. Um, and if I can just share quickly with reference to DFT, if it's okay for the team, um, because I might get called off in a minute. DFT is a process that we've written, which is a direct focused thought. And it's also all AKA also known if you're using it for action taking, um, uh, is it okay if I just share that? I've said it in one of my YouTube. Yeah, sure, programs. sure. Handy tool. Um, edit it out if you don't want it. So it's in, it's in the Daily Tips show in one of my YouTube programs where it's designed for only for my mentees. It's not there for trying to get higher rates of viewership. And uh, episode 13, we talked specifically about the two forms of DFT. One is DFT clarity and one is DFT um, actions. So, you know, uh, activity per se. So on the DFT uh, clarity, it stands for directing your focused thought. On the other side, it's daily focused time. The principle is the seven steps, and the seven steps are exactly the same, but they differ on the seventh step. That's all. So if I could just quickly give those seven steps uh, enough time for that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So in essence, what we're trying to do is what I said right at the start, the, the conscious brain, unconscious brain, and maybe I'll just call it divinity for the moment, but uh, the higher source. And this is not overlapping with purpose and stuff and that's a really deep cough topic which i'm sure the team will cover this is just a simple practical easy to follow seven step process that gives you the best chance just to in my world anyway and the people that i've worked with the few thousand people i've worked with it just gives them instant instant uh, courage and laser-like focus which is what you introduced me with uh Jatinda. i think i shared this on the ted platform as well do you know i can't believe it there's nearly half a million views on it it's not bad hey we're doing well so in context, step one, it's really the formation of what we call the inquiry question. So if I looked at, if you've got a, a, a deep distraction going on, let's say you're completely distracted with life per se, you have to do the clarity first to find out what's stopping you from thinking clearly, I suppose. But if I just follow the actions, because we're talking about distraction from getting stuff done and bits and bots, because there's a time for everything, remember? So if we go down the other point, obviously there's many modalities to remove blockages in life and there's there's going to be many enlightened conversations today but on the step and step process on the dft action process it's the very first thing well actually if i may i've got to go off can i come back to this in a moment i'll talk about dft i'll hand back to yourself Chitinde, yeah? all right no problem thank you 10 minutes <laughs> cool um cliffhanger let's um head over to marilyn man. i know you've been um, waiting to get some points in there it's kind of interesting when suki was talking about and he started off with touching on the, the you know the divine connection etc i was like oh sounds like the soul plan but you know that's just a random thought and then lack comes in and then starts talking about the soul and so purpose like okay it totally sounds like the soul plan but there's a piece one of the aspects there's 22 different positions it could be but one of the things that appears in the challenge position is I have to cause trouble to get noticed so when Suki was talking about the cup of coffee and the distraction that shows up in some people's soul plan um, as one of the things that they're here to master so that they don't have to cause trouble to get noticed so it kind of made me think of it in those terms 
Um, and that whole piece about Lack was saying, does it serve me? That's one of the things I'm saying as well. Does this move me another step closer to my outcome, objective, goal, intention, purpose, etc.? And if it doesn't and it doesn't need to be done, then it's like it's a no from me as well. So, you know, there are many of those kind of overlaps and parallels that we're talking about. And in terms of the whole thing about the FOMO and the, and the JOMO, um, it's real. It really is real because it's a bit like there's a great event and a party. If you're not there, suddenly now you have in your mind, you imagine all of these things that are going on and the great fun that people are having. And then some like Elon Musk broke Clubhouse this week. Mm. Now, he is the man who is talking about putting a chip in everyone's head. So what you're talking about, Jatinda, with the measurement of X, Y, Z, it's like, you probably be able to open up your 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 smartwatch or your device and see what's happening in your mind. And, you know, I think the capacity for a clubhouse room is just over 5,000 people. Mm. It was full about 10 minutes before he even came online. Mm. And so the whole thing about social media, the distractions, etc., it's real. Everybody's fighting. Now, you said something interesting. We know about the advertising revenue, Facebook, for etc. It's going to give you lower rankings if you put a, a native YouTube video versus uploading directly to the platform. One of the interesting conversations with the newest thing in on the block and the new kid in town with Clubhouse, because there's not mon- they're not monetizing, people are sort of get, now starting to get to the point of going, well, what's going on? Mm why do they why well we know the, the social value capital now it's a very valuable commodity because people are on clubhouse for several days at a time they're actually not they're not and i had an, a message from someone on facebook saying hey marilyn are you okay not seeing you around lately because i had my attention went to the new shiny thing and they noticed that I wasn't on that platform as much. So the big concern now is what are they going to do to monetize it? Because mm. there are so many people, so many people putting so much time into that platform and the way, the beauty of how they've done it in terms of how they work with the dopamine, etc., it's real time. It's not recorded. So somebody could be watching this like Suki now has gone to do his interview. He can actually, if he chooses to come back and watch the replay. Mm. For the time that you're not on Clubhouse, for example, you've missed those conversations. They're gone forever. And as humans, we like to be included in things. And I think that's one of the reasons why the distractions work so beautifully, because you want to be part of the conversation. You want to be able to express and share. And one of the things I've heard most often on Clubhouse is people are saying, oh, my gosh, I've been so wanting this. And it's weird because we've all got Zoom. We're right here now on Zoom. But there was something about the power of just the voice, Mm. just that, which is keeping people on the platform. But, you know, the the complex psychology around it is is interesting. But But I, like others, are going, hmm, what a clubhouse getting out of this. Um, building capital, yes, but the monetization will have to come and then they might have to get even cleverer about keeping us on the platform. But the whole thing about the distractions, I totally agree with Lack. And I was talking about this yesterday. Um, I did a, a, a session and I was saying that a lot of the times I watch Star Trek. If it's Christmas, I watch Movies 24. And if it's just the regular times of the year, I watch the out the UK version of the Hallmark Channel because... I could probably mouth the whole Star Trek script and the movies 24 is always a happy ending. So my brain can relax. 
I don't need to figure anything out and oh my god what's going to happen I'm just like chilled and that is so people say what you do uh, watching Star Trek so no what are you doing I'm watching Star Trek because I'm having a break from social media and I play on Facebook. I play on social media. That's my way. I, back in the day, I'm old enough to have worked in companies where you stop for a tea break. <laughs> you know, you go, you literally go, the woman comes with a trolley and the biscuits. And depending on where your office is, the further up the corridor are the worse the biscuits because all the good ones get taken. But in that time, you stop <laughs> and you have, no, I'm, I'm serious, Lack, it was this real problem. So we used to try and go to the photo copy room because that was near the kitchen and we go oh hi can i just and then you nab the best biscuits but <laughs> but that's how you got a coffee and, break and is, that, is that the reason why when you do your training courses there's always oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but yeah so for me social media a lot of the time it's a break that's where I have my fun. That's where I have a bit of a laugh. That's where I connect with people around the world. And so I do, but I actually say it's part of my break state. Yeah. That is yeah. a planned, as Suki was saying, distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that, that's just awesome because you can see both sides of it, the, the pros and the cons kind of thing. And um, the pros seem to be coming when there's an element of self-discipline and a reason as to why you're doing it. Because because if you're not if you're not focused on yourself, then something external is going to come and take your focus away, right? Which is um, quite interesting. Like, man, this this thing you were talking about, like clubhouse and people feeling, you know, listening in on a conversation, speaking on a voice. To some degree, it's all also um, relevant to the current time because of you know being socially distanced and and whatnot. Clubhouse has created a platform where people can actually just listen and talk which allows people to connect, I suppose. So it comes down to this element of people wanting to feel connected, right, and being a part of something. Let's, let's talk a bit about that because um, that's what it seems to be. That's why we're doing what we're doing in social media. It's all to do with connection, right, and rapport and, and connecting with each other. Lax, you want to share a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think you know, um, you know, the six basic uh, human needs, you know, um, love and connection are two of the key ones. Um, so there's people that go there for those reasons. Um, another two of the key reasons are um, growth and contribution. Mm. So people are going there to grow and they're growing there to contribute by, you know, uh, uh, contributing in, in their own uh, way with their own learnings, wisdom, insights, teachings, experiences and so on. And then the, uh, the final two items are certainty and uncertainty. The certainty is you know that you've got a, a community in which you can join and you, you can talk about a certain subject. But within that subject, the uncertainty, which is the other point, is you don't know what segments are going to be in there. Essentially, that's going to come up, right? So uh, it goes back to what Marilyn said, you know, uh, uh, segment intending. So it changes and therefore, you're gonna potentially gonna learn something you didn't know was gonna come up. So there's your uncertainty. So you've got some excitement there. So when you find an environment <clears throat> that gives you all of those things, then it's gonna draw you in, okay? Because it's satisfying your fundamental needs as a human being. Now, if you think about, if you think about, uh, let's just say um, somebody that's doing has got an unresourceful unresourceful um, um, vocation, let's say a drug dealer, right? The same thing happens or somebody that belongs to a gang, same thing happens, right? They get <clears throat> their love and connection 
from from the people within the gang, right? They get their growth and contribution by working within it to help it grow and contributing towards its revenue, towards its credibility, street cred and all the rest. And it gets his uncertainty from God knows what's going to happen today when we go out, right? And it's get his certainty because you know you're going to do something naughty, right? So so it could be something in the naughty space or it could be something in the good space, right? But the thing is, same thing. As long as... If people find that and they get an environment that's accessible to them, they're going to fall into it and they get sucked into it. And then they stay there for as long as it satisfies those basic human needs mm. until maybe there's something that uh, creates uh, or instigates some kind of awakening, that, that awareness that says, okay, you know what? Now you need to move on. So, you know, that's everyone's got their own process and everyone has to go through their own journey as a consequence of that. But I think that's what's happening there. Mm-hmm. And um, and you see that happening with people who are just staying on all these social media platforms um, and uh, different sites uh, because because it's it it gives them a sense of being alive, you know. And I think that's really, uh, in my opinion, the um, the fundamentals of it all. Mm. And Mac, you said something really interesting. It, it's also because one of the things you've described Clubhouse perfectly, by the way. Um, but one of the things that is was weird about Clubhouse for people, the algorithms in terms of the numbers of likes, because people also get significance from social media. You go to someone's Instagram page. If they've got, you know, 250,000 like followers, it's like, whoa, they're an influencer. They're, that is a job. That's a profession. And what they did in Clubhouse, mm. it was the opposite in that they want you to be following more people than you have followers. Mm. The reason being you curate your experience because when you follow someone, like if I followed you, that means whenever you show up in a room or whenever you, you open your own room, I will now be able to see your room in my corridor, as they call it. So they, they flipped the algorithm a bit, which was one of the first things that made me go, oh, OK, maybe they're not as mercenary as all the others. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I'm on all the others. I actually like them. Um, but that's like, oh, there, there's something a little bit different about this in flipping the algorithm. So now your street cred is that because I think I've got 4000 followers now. I have I've got I think I've got and I'm following um, 1.8 thousand people or something like that because they had a block where if you just multiple follow it's almost like they think you're a robot (laughs) and so they keep putting a block on it but in terms of that the fact that I've got 4,000 followers in the first four weeks is not necessarily the same meaning if Mm. I did that on Instagram that's right so do you know what I mean so they kind of changed that that whole mechanism a little bit but no you're right that that whole thing and for connection if there's one thing I've heard the most in the three four weeks I've been on it is people were craving just being able to dialogue but in my brain I'm like hold on a minute this is just like they're going back old school this is like just being on the phone you know when you had a party line where you've just got loads of people on the line it's like it was like that but yeah it is definitely it's come at the right time in terms of this new piece of social media for sure definitely and also marilyn like sorry sorry jd um with the pandemic as well i think there's been a huge craving for connection yeah um, because that's one of the things that's i think um people are feeling the most in in my humble opinion uh, even in my martial arts school as well i think that the the number one i did a survey as well the number one number one thing people miss the most is uh is is meeting people is ha- maintaining that connection and community is it's interesting a couple of years ago there was a, a really interesting article um that was published um it was actually a news article um 
Uh, I'll have to dig it up for you guys. But it was it was the the, the title was something uh, along the lines of the secret to uh, why why people live over 100 years old. And the number one reason uh, for why people live over 100 years and why people die too early was the same. Mm. And that was community and support. Uh, so those people that lived over 100, and there's areas in the world that are referred to as blue zones, uh, and they're only called blue zones because the guy that actually did the study, he, he'd circled the areas where there were a large concentration of people that lived over 100 years old in a blue marker. So they just ended up calling them blue zones. These blue zones, they found that they had that people had a really tight community support. Therefore, they lived longer because there's something about the human interaction, the human connection that actually literally keeps you alive. So, so these social media platforms actually digging in and exploiting, in some respects, exploiting, I'd say, especially when there's um, a monetization um, agenda behind that. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'd also like to say that there's nothing wrong with that. But then there is some exploitation in terms of people's behaviors and trying to get them to move uh, and uh, manipulate people's behavior to stay there. Now, that is exploitation as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and again, just my humble opinion, somebody might disagree, but um, the, the key thing is, is this is fundamentally genetically inside us. It's, it's uh, embedded in our deepest, darkest caverns of who we are as human beings, as spiritual beings on a human journey. So this is kind of, um, I think when you, when you really kind of cultivate mastery over oneself uh, around things like that, then you have a choice. When you don't, you become an addict. And if you become an addict, then you can't control your behavior, just like any being addicted to anything, whether it's sugar, alcohol, whatever it might be, you know, it's the same, it's the same kind of neuro, neuro um, logical process that you're going through and the neurophysiological process that you're going through. So it's, it's, um, it's important that, you know, that you're, you retain a consciousness around your actions and conscious actions only can happen if you're consciously aligned. And I think really it keeps coming back to that. I know that Suki was about to, um, divulge the dft secrets and the seven steps behind that <laughs> and uh, um and for a more practical pragmatic uh way of cultivating uh, your focus during you know during during everyday living um but you know i think even as part of that they i think when you've got a lot of time and if you have got a lot of time in your hands i think a lot of people are working from home now during the pandemic um, spend a bit of time to kind of, you know, uh, get some insight into self-knowledge. Who are you really? Uh, because ultimately, if you don't, uh, you'll be restless. And that restlessness, you're going to fill that void of restlessness in places of entertainment right, and distraction. And then you're going to get pissed off and you'll have mental health issues because you're like, oh, you know, I can't get off this and so on. And it's a vicious circle. Mm. So it's really important that actually um, going within to go without, to, to go without is important, as in go inside to go outside rather than go outside and leave the inside completely vacant and empty. It's a massive void. And yeah. I'd like to kind of, if I, if I may, um, uh, JT, just go on a little bit more. It's, um, it, it's really, and I, I think I mentioned this before, is uh, Mr. Miyagi in the latest uh, 
karate kid with the Jackie Chan and it says, you know, your focus needs more focus. <laughs> and I wanted to share uh, two teachings from uh, one of my books, The Art of Thinking Without Thinking. And um, the first one is uh, a Zen teaching called Kimi, right? And it's K-I-M-E, right? And basically in Zen, Kimi means to decide. Now, the key thing is, you know, the point I'm, which I'm trying to get to is, you know, how how do you get that focus and how do you move in that direction? Well, what Kimi does is says, um, you know, Kimi is more, much more than just to decide. It's a tightening of the mind uh, that brings about a, a certain laser like focus. Right. Which is crucial in combat and in life. Now, Bruce Lee summed this up when he said in life, an unfocused or loose mind wastes energy. On those days when I've worked with total concentration, I've accomplished more and at the end of the day, less tired than on days when I was easily distracted. So Bruce went on to say the successful warrior is the average man with a laser like focus. So so Kim is really important, right? It's a tightening of the mind is it's like a lens, right? And, you know, it's like if you've got a camera and, uh, you know, you want to take a photo of a distant object um, and you need to focus that lens. So there's a, a tightening of your focus. OK, so just think of it of, of you just focusing that lens is a tightening of that of the aperture and so on. Right. And then the second teaching I wanted to kind of share with you today was is called Kimbaku B. OK, Kimbaku B. Right now, this is um, uh, the Japanese art of restriction. OK, now uh, it's also known as the beauty of tight binding. Right now, um, this is really about getting you to move towards um, uh, one, get a focus and get and then secondly, getting you to move in that direction. Uh, physical bondage and confinement forces your conscious mind to surrender, which can have a transformative effect. OK, now just imagine you're bound like a dummy right within within um, uh, some bindings, you know, like um, uh, uh, tight cloth, for instance. It's a double edged sword with one edge of powerless impossibleness of restriction, devoid of hope and choice. Now, just imagine somebody binds you up, right, with rope, for instance, right? And, you know, you feel that impossibleness, you feel that powerlessness, you feel that, you know, um, uh, devoid of hope and choice. You, you, what can you do, right? You're, you become hopeless. Uh, where you are victim of the restrictor and the other edge unleashing phenomenal power, right? Feeling trapped by situations and circumstances can force something important to shift. When you overcome discomfort and increase the pressure to the point that something has to move and transform, mm. when we take away all options except complete fulfillment, then something within is powerfully directed towards that objective. Sometimes the more loose and free we are, the less focused strength we have to shape our reality. Okay. So I want to kind of leave that one there for somebody else to comment <laughs> then. <laughs> wow. That's some, that's some deep stuff. That's some deep stuff. Um, thank you for sharing that, Alex. Um, what, what, we'll, what we'll do, I'm just a bit uh, conscious of the time as well. really, really appreciate everything you guys are doing. I just wanted to quickly touch on two points that Lax mentioned. Um, then we'll go we'll rotate over to Siki to go through his, seven, his steps quickly. And then we'll finish off with any kind of last words that we want to share. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so Lax was talking about, um, I, I think we're going into a time now where people are circling back because they've done lots of stuff online, but they want to have that connection now with, with each other, right? And it looks like that's the kind of time we're going through or cycle we're going through. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to just quickly touch on was when Lax was sharing about the exploitation of the systems and whatnot. What I've noticed with that side of things is that 
the platforms that create these things, like social media and whatever, they're not necessarily out there with the intention to do something. They put they create software, they put it out there, and what ends up happening is that people get smart and think, how can I? How can we do something to influence this? Like search engine optimization, a perfect example. You know, the search engines came out and people started doing SEO and search engine optimization just to get you ranked higher, which is a form of manipulation of the algorithms. And then they're trying to battle it and combat it. Say, no, this is no good. We need to put meaningful information. And there's this constant thing going on, which seems to happen between the loopholes they find. So sometimes the adaptation of the platform comes about because of the way people are using it and the pros and cons on that, right? So that's that's quite fascinating as well. So Suki, let's head over to you with the seven points that you're, the tips you're going to share, uh, and then we'll just circle around with any final tips. Go for it, Thank Suki. You very much. Thank you very much, Tinder and the team. Thank you for uh, letting me to exit. Um, with reference to just a couple of points there, I just want to say that uh, wherever you are on the cycle, which is whether you're in your cycle of social media, out of your cycle of social media, in your cycle of distraction, in your cycle of focus and laser light focus, it's okay. The key here is only to sort of like relax a little bit about it and be conscious about the fact of knowing where you are. So as long as you plot yourself on your own map, that should be fine. So if it if you are involved in social practices and being very, very uh, driven into social media, which is percepted as being an addicted situation, whatever, it may well also be giving you a benefit at that time in your life. So never to poo-poo either or the other. Um, the key here is, am I doing it on my terms? That's the key question. So if you're doing it on your terms and you're doing it on the principles that suit you, um, it's when it becomes a kind of like a, a go-to thing for the sense of, security or for a sense of belonging those sort of things that's when we start walking into the the dopamine principles and stuff of that sort of which i think all the teams have been talking about um so in context of this i've got a very simple humble uh, share with reference of what could somebody do if they find in themselves in that conscious place of not wanting to be wherever they are whether they're super focused have lost their personality or whether they've become completely unfocused and gained their personality but lost any activity in life so Wherever you are, you know, whichever it is, it's right for you at that time. And the key here is to find yourself. So could there be a process that could align your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, in order for it to sort of kind of slot in, align to the divine, whether it's the entity, the world, whichever you percept, God, the universe. So how do we download? How do we get our mind clear? We can all say, yes, it's meditation. Yes, there's uh, deep thinking and clearing your mind and in individual stuff, stuff like that, they all work. The question is, in which order and why is it not working today? So could there be something that you can just at least do as a prequel to all of these things so that I know that I'm consciously, if you remember the last call, I said consciously, unconsciously conscious. Yeah. So I'm going to consciously trigger, unconsciously receive the gift, the change, and then consciously accept that I received it for example, the learning loop. So if I wanted to meditate, it'll be good if I was in a, a meditative state or at least clear to meditate. If I wanted to find my higher purpose, it'd be good if I could be in that higher purpose to start off with. And I'm just using some small conversation. So seven steps. The first step, step one, is to create an inquiry, an inquiry to self. So an inquiry in, in other words, it's a fancy word for saying, asking yourself a question. So all I'm saying is just ask yourself a simple question. So it could be something like, well, what is um, my, and this could really help somebody if they're blocked and stuck. Uh, we've been doing it constantly right now with uh, thousands of all my clients around the globe. What is my end of life goal and what legacy and what legacy will I leave? 
That's a, a nice inquiry. Now people can make it their own. You can change that. You can change the, the principles of saying, what is my end of life goal? And what will I leave my family? Whatever it stimulates your purpose. So the first stage is to go through a seven step to find out what that could be. So, and this is not the power goal section. This is just pure DFT for clarity in your mind, um, which can assist in removal of unwanted distractions as opposed to, well, unconscious distractions, as opposed to conscious distractions, what I choose to consciously have in my life. What is my end of life goal and what legacy will I leave? So if that's the stage, there's the first stage done, inquiry question complete. Question or stage two is to sit there and read the question inquiry and grab yourself a pen preferably black and a red pen as well. So a black pen, and you'll literally answer it as what we call a mind dump, a mind map, whatever you want to call it. So whether you're a map drawer, which will turn your paper into landscape. And if you're a list drawer like myself, you'll turn it into a portrait format. You pop the question at the top, or if it's landscape in the center, and you just deliver. You deliver anything that comes in your conscious mind, including uh, I really fancy a cup of coffee. I really have fancy a cup of glass of water. Whatever comes in your brain, Whilst you're answering it, the key here is a bit like a, a target practice. If you can see the target, fire. If you can see the target, fire. So whatever comes in your brain that you consciously can realize that you're actually thinking at that moment should be written down on a piece of paper. The key here is to resign yourself to the system and give it a go and trust the process in the sense of don't fix it up here in the conscious brain. Fix it on the piece of paper. Allow it out and then install what you would require back into your unconscious mind so that you can create activity on it, which kind of gets rid of all the superfluous thoughts and distractions. So stage two is to relentlessly answer the question and fill it. So if you're a list maker, you just keep making a list. The idea is to try and keep on one page. So you can just keep filling it, keep filling it. You'll end up with 20, 30, 40, 50 answers. And a large amount of them are going to be what you classify as insignificant or not relevant. Whatever it is, keep on writing. You'll hit a mind block, which is a, a glass ceiling when you can't think of anything else. And why am I even doing this? If you're thinking that, you should be writing it down as well. After you've gone through the first block, you go through to the second block and Keep going until you hit the third. When you hit the third block, you stop. You put it down. And that should have emptied what we classify as your bag. It should empty your conscious mind. Once you've done that, give yourself a 30-second break and move on to step three. Step three is for you to grab a red pen and just circle 10, after reading the question, circle 10 of the most important, most relevant, most uh, connected, most inviting, whatever it is, the ones that mean the most. As Korzybski, Alfred Korzybski says, the author of Science and Sanity says, we are nothing more, nothing less than meaning-making machines as humans. So if that's the case, the ones that make the most meaning. Select your 10, circling them in the red pen. The red pen is an epiphanic color, so just use that for now. It's a part of the power notes, which we'll talk about another time. But uh, So circle them. After you've circled, Rewrite the 10 and strike with one line, strike the whole big page. Turn over, in other words, rewrite the 10. Ask yourself the question again and circle five of those 10. And I'm doing this quite fast, obviously that's step four. Circle five of the 10, identify them, rewrite the five, strike the 10 in that order. Go, and I'm speeding through this. Step five is for you to grab a pen, once again, the red pen, and circle three of those five actions or answers or steps or whatever it is. And then you rewrite the three, 
and strike the five. Now, if you're using this to find an inner clarity, then what we do is we, I'll tell you what we do is we amalgamate the three answers. So if there's a big thing like what is my end of life goal and what will I be remembered for in my legacy, then they'll have three answers and you amalgamate them. This is obviously step six. You amalgamate them as in the principle of incorporating it all together as one answer. So you'll have three areas, which usually ends up being, by the way, mind, body, and soul. You end up thinking about these three areas of your life in one conjecture. So the top three tend to be non-conflicting, but supporting, but in three clear areas. And we've done this thousands of times. It seems to be consistent. Unless somebody specifically wants to disprove it, then of course they will win because they want to be right. That's fine. But when you amalgamate this, you then create a very comprehensive singular statement that will give you the power for the end of life goal. We call this power goals. After you've completed this, step seven is for you to grab the inquiry question and amalgamate it with your statement of three. So you something like this, I'm going to make this up somebody's yesterday, I am going to be the president of a particular country. And I would like to be divine led to create holistic commerce, etc, etc. And ensure that you know, I leave this legacy for the world. Does that make sense? And so that was somebody's particular answer. So they framed it. And this has become such an empowering um, action of seven steps that basically people are going, oh my God, I found my purpose in life or what I'm supposed to be doing. As uh, both everybody's been referring to as the sole purpose. So I'm a bit of a simpleton. So I just look for practical processes that get people to where they want to be. And of course, they're underlidden by lots of modalities and and, uh, spiritual understandings. But that's a seven step process. If this was a task management, if I can just add that to you as well, uh, to the audience as well tonight, or today, actually, um, if it was a task orientated action on the seventh process or the sixth process where you amalgamate them you don't you just take the top three and then you rewrite them as the seventh step in order of importance one two three and then what you do is you do one thing at a time because i'm a firm believer that there is no such thing as cognitive conscious multitasking so you can be consciously tossed on one thing you could be very good, as we were talking about with the, with the flipping between, uh, switching between segments, um, as Marilyn was saying, but you are still concentrating on the one thing, otherwise you can't take it in. You need left and right brain to make meanings of something. So in principle conversation, the last thing is put it into order. And the uh, hidden eighth agenda is to action it. Get those three things done in the order they are. Do not start all three. Do one, complete, do the other, complete, and do the third one and complete. And you'll start to find that you get stuff done quicker, which is exactly what Lack was talking about a moment ago uh, with reference to uh, if you're dilly-dally with your brain and you're distracted, it's really tiring. You know, I get to the end of the day and I can equally say it was I've spent time with all of you. At the end of a day of full-on uh, conscious training, education, support, whatever you want to think about it, we're here vibrant. We're like, come on, where's the next thing? What's what we doing now? And that's exactly what Lech was talking about a moment ago. Um, and this has happened every single session. I've never come off stage in a room or out of a session feeling, oh, God, I'm so tired. It's just vibrating. It just gets you in the resonance, in the hurtage that's required of your body. So if you find yourself on task, I always say, don't. I'm, I'm a business guy, so I'll, I'll just add a little bit of business in if you don't mind. It's not about being... Um, turning your passion into profit, which I think somebody was mentioning earlier on. To me, it's about being passionate about profiting. So profiting doesn't have to be about money. 
profiting has to be about the application of one's life and what I'm earning from that life in the sense of have I achieved something. So I have shared with our, humbly with our children, um, as I was shared to by my ancestral lineage, that son, whatever you do, get passionate about it. Find the wins, find the outcomes and find the bigger mission behind it and get it delivered. Hopefully uh, I haven't overspoken there. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Suki. Some very, very good tips there. Okay, let's go around with like any final conversation. Go for it, Marilyn. I've got to ask one question. It's it's probably the most random question of the day. So Suki comes back on and my brain was like, okay, let's focus on Suki. And the question that came into my mind was, was he wearing both of those rings as in fingers at the start of the call? Because it's interesting how your focus can change because, you know, mm-hmm. so I just, it was just like, I'll oh, focus on Suki. And then I just noticed the two kind of like wedding rings mm-hmm. and I didn't see them before because as you know, we delete, we distort, we generalize, but it's really interesting how your brain will focus when you give it an instruction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sorry. So that was just a random thought, but it's like. Was that an invitation to answer it? The answer is yes, I was wearing both of them before. I think what happens is, is um, when I'm concentrating, uh, I think you all know this natural pose, we'll sit there like this or we'll sit there like this and it tends to hide one of the rings. And so it could be doing this one, it could be this one. So it looks as though there's only one ring on my finger. Um, I'm actually not a ring wearer. These are actually very important to us as ancestral um, gold that was handed down to my families. But there we are. So yes, Mouse, I'm wearing them. You, you see, know, you know the funny thing is, I wasn't even aware of that, Marilyn. So Can I share something though? Wow. It takes a ring bearer <laughs> To notice rings, doesn't mm. it, Marilyn? Lift your hands up. Come on. Let me have a look at those yeah, big spikies. There you see. It's so random. It's like, <laughs> but it's my own fault because I said focus on Suki. And then your brain starts to really focus and you're like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Anyway, completely random. Back to you, Jacinda. No, there's still order to the randomness. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. No. Can I just share something, Jacinda? Sorry. If that question was not asked, it would have sat there somewhere, uh, not being hoovered up if you understand. So it was, it was what seemed pointless, but it was relevant. So there we are. That's my question to everybody else is just that, you know, when you walk into a room, if something's not right, put it right and sit down and get on with your work. So that it doesn't distract you from day one. So um, there we are. Practice, practice, practice. That's what we're all doing every single day, each and every one of us. And I don't classify myself as a master of anything. I am just very simply a person who's, who's dwindling through life and we're going to fall over. We're going to crash cut our knees and say, oh, let's try and make meaning of that one. And then much the same as any uh, thesis, hypotheses, we always find the support and the answers to substantiate our version of the world at that time. So, you know, it's as, as fickle as that, I'm afraid. That's still some good tips there in focusing. So, so good. So what we'll do, we'll just go around, we'll go to Lax, then Marilyn, then uh, finish off with Suki and then just uh, finishing. So Lax, any last words? Um, I would just wanted to actually, but before I do my last words, was just throwing something. It's quite, it's quite fitting and actually, it's almost like the circles closed on Mar- what Marilyn just said there. Her intention was focus on Suki. Her <laughs> focus went to Suki, <laughs> right? So intention and energy, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's the that's the first comment I made on this uh, on this uh, podcast. So uh, it's uh, it, for me that's that's closed the circle. Um, I think really um, that my final closing statement would be where. You know, whatever you're doing, um, you know, if you can align it to something uh, meaningful to your highest purpose. Uh, but, you know, key thing is, is um, if you're if you're if you're in a position where you need to decide, you know, where do I invest my time? Invest your time in an area, preferably that's aligned to your higher purpose. Right. And make sure that if you had to pick a, a task at the list of things, what I do is I pick the one that's 
the most fun and enjoyable for everyone in, involved, including myself. And that way, when I'm having fun, it doesn't feel like work. And uh, so it just becomes easy and effortless and what I call, what I say, buoyant. So um, that would be my kind of selection criteria on what do I do? Where do I invest my time? Um, you know, having it been aligned. So I think that's really my closing statement. And I hope, um, I hope uh, more points of, uh, and uh, things I've said have been useful. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lex. Thank you, Lex. Marilyn, any last words? Of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it. Um, but no, seriously. Um, I think for me, one of the things that kind of Lack had talked about, and I talked about it yesterday, so I was in the chat, I was like, man, it sounds like Lack and I were in the same room having a discussion yesterday. But the whole thing about, I was saying there are two words which almost are at the heart of human existence and why we do what we do. And those two words are know thyself. And those words have permeated through the ages and it can take people an entire lifetime and they still will not fully appreciate the answer to that question. When it comes to social media, if it's trying to fill a void and a hole, I think that is where it becomes addictive and the FOMO because it's never ending trying to get validation. If you know yourself and you have a sense of who you are, then you can choose these things more consciously. You're not mm. going to them because you need to be fulfilled and you need to find significance. You go to them just because it's the fun of going to them. So I would say for me, that's one of the things at the heart of it. And also the whole thing about whatever you're doing, do it in that state of flow. Because if you are, in terms of what Suki was talking about, you will still get to the end of the day, regardless of how many platforms you've been on and how many things you've done. And you still have that sense of energy. You still have that sense where you could focus on the next thing that's coming. So for me, it starts with the state and that thing of clear purpose and intention. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Marilyn. And Suki, any last words? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Do you know what? I just want to say something. This has firstly been an amazing uh, session. Um, even the little that did catch up of it, it's just been bang straight in my face. So thank you very much for everybody being part of it as well. Um, the thing that I always that I was taught um, as as a child for myself was to never kill my curiosity, always be inquisitive, always keep looking for something new, something that worked and something that didn't work. So whether you're being curious about life, the key here is to ask questions. If you don't ask questions, you seek no answers. Um, and that's the core to my life every single day. I sit here, not in the space of I know, I sit here and say, wow, I'm gonna learn that as well. So it's the questioning of oneself, which I think is the key, um, encompassing what Marilyn and both Lack and both yourself, Jitinda, in your own expertise has clearly said and stated, is that just become aware and be conscious of where I am right now. And that question itself should be your morning question. And if it receipts itself every single day, every single minute, every second, then fine, so be it, but become curious. Not just curious for the sake of curiosity, because that within itself fills that void that we were just talking about in a moment ago, where you just think uh, and try to belong and try to have value to yourself. Without challenge, just question things and just close what we're saying, loops. I call it the, um, the CUC loop. Just ask a question of self, seek the answer and acknowledge the question and put it into an actionable force, you know, circle and statement to create the learning. Because I generally believe as a celestial being, we're only here by our choice and we're here to live this life for a particular purpose. And 
that purpose is what we're really here to seek and understand. And hopefully we'll spend most of our life, we'll spend our life sort of finding it. And if we find it early and we'll deliver like all the healed individuals in this room today, that you're already going to be delivering that purpose. You know, the key here is to stay curious, ask the questions about what is it that serves me and just keep moving forward. And where am I right now on my current journey in my current map? And if you're off task, it doesn't matter. That's all I've got to say. There's a, if I may say, just finishing off with a bit of a Sikh philosophy, if I can, last words that um, we as Sikhs within our scriptures says very clearly, which basically means Kanda is a double-edged sword and it's a razor-sharp edge on both sides. And if you turn the sword thus this way, then you have a very fine edge. That edge is where your direction is. And let's just say the divine root or the universe aligned root and the hair if you pop a hair and you pop it on top of your actual sword it's inevitable that the hair is not going to be razor sharp it's going to be moving on and off the surface of the blade so it's going to be on the edge off the edge on the edge on the off the edge well there is an anomaly there's an a simple explanation or a reference point an example of life and us and our consciousness and where we'll be, where we won't be. The reality of life is that we will always be on path, off path, on path, off path. The key is just to ask a question, am I on path, am I not? And if you're not, guess what? No beating yourself up, just come straight back. Just decide, get yourself back online. Now, it goes on, the principle goes on to say, the final bit, just to close this uh, learning, is that dukh daru sukha dukh meaning pain, is the medicine for sukh happiness, which also means that the pain itself is the conscious pain that gives just that tinge of, con- of contention to the hair, which then makes it completely straight. And then you pop it onto the edge of the, onto the, edge of the razor and it's aligned all the way through. So if we don't have the pains which medicate, give us the, 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 the yin and yang, the balance of life, it will never pull us straight because we'll veer off when it becomes slack. The hair starts doing its own thing. And if you just give it a little bit of contention, it puts you back on, on focus, whichever that is. You know, I do believe, don't believe, whatever, it doesn't matter. Ask questions, check where you are, accept your contentions in life. Don't let them override the distractions of your mind and just bring yourself straight back to center. That's it. Thank you. Wow. Oh. There you go, folks. Um, it's, it's all about getting clarity and then consciously having control of your focus and consciously choosing what you do with your time. Okay, thank you, everybody. It's been much, much appreciated. And I'm your host, Jatinda Palaha, and we'll catch you on the next Digital Report podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Digital Report podcast. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about what I'm up to, then make your way over to www.digital-report.com where you can find out how to turn your skills and knowledge into a profitable authority business online.